Hello and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Sized Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss cybersecurity news and this week, a bit of cybersecurity history. This week, we will be looking back at the year 2017 in cybersecurity history when a major vulnerability was found in email systems. This vulnerability allowed an attacker to intercept and read emails that were supposed to be encrypted and therefore unreadable to an outside observer of the communication stream. Email is generally sent in plain text, but over a TLS or Transport Layer Security encrypted network. However, for extra security, like for spies, journalists in hostile areas, or for sending sensitive corporate or government information, a second layer of encryption on the email itself may be necessary to avoid eavesdropping. This is so the emails can be stored on systems in an encrypted form. TLS only encrypts the email while it's moving over the network, and while this is a common way to intercept things, you need to consider what if someone gains access to your machine, or the machine the email is stored on, which could also be an email server. If the email is not encrypted there, it can be read, although it is harder to gain access to these systems, it's certainly possible. That is why end-to-end encryption is important. There are two main protocols that can provide this end-to-end encryption, PGP, or Pretty Good Privacy, and S-MIME, which stands for Secure Multipurpose Internet Mail Extensions. The vulnerability we're discussing today, also known as e-fail, is made to undermine these encryption mechanisms, and I'll explain how. The vulnerability abuses a feature called active content in an email, Active content is code in emails, like HTML, that enhance the user experience by making it simply look nicer, or adding functionality, like loading external images. In order to perform the attack, the attacker needs access to the encrypted emails, which can be achieved in a few ways, either by eavesdropping on network traffic and capturing the emails, or by compromising email accounts or servers, or even backup systems that the emails are stored on. Then, the email needs to be modified in a particular way and sent back to the victim, which will then decrypt the email and load external content, allowing the attacker to see the actual plain text of the email. There's two different ways attackers can modify the email. The first method is called CBC slash CFB gadget attack. Emails encrypted by SMIME all start with the same exact plain text, which is content type multipart signed. And when using a CBC mode of operation for encryption, if you know the plain text, you can modify it pretty trivially. CBC, or cipher blockchaining, is a mode of operation for block cipher encryption that gets pretty complicated. For the purposes of this episode, all you need to know is that block encryption encrypts messages in little sections, or blocks, so a certain amount of bytes are encrypted at a time. In cipher blockchaining mode specifically, each block of ciphertext depends on all of the plaintext blocks that were processed up to that point. So if you know some of the plaintext, you could modify it. You may be wondering, if it depends on that first bit of plaintext, can't they just decrypt the message using the bit of known plaintext? And the answer is no, because that plaintext is also modified with something known as an initialization vector to make it unique. Anyways, in order to make the modifications, hackers can inject image tags above the encrypted message that is basically able to exfiltrate itself and the email content. So when the victim receives the email and decrypts it, 
The attacker also receives the decrypted email. When the email is trying to load the active content, it loads the bit of code that is able to exfiltrate the content. And since that tag is above the part where the email is encrypted, and the email will automatically decrypt when the victim opens it, it sends the decrypted content. This same vulnerability works pretty similarly using PGP, but using CFB instead of CBC. CFB stands for Cipher Feedback, and it's pretty similar to CBC in how it operates. Although it kind of turns a block cipher into a stream cipher. A stream typer is an alternate type of cipher in which each plain text digit is encrypted one at a time with the corresponding digit of a pre-generated key stream, so instead of depending on blocks, it depends on the current state of the cipher. It depends basically on where exactly the encryption process is. Either way, it acts in pretty much the same exact way as the CBC version of the vulnerability on SMIME, and it is exploitable on any standard email client. Although the PGP version of the vulnerability is still concerning, the SMIME version is especially dangerous. Not just because SMIME is commonly used in corporate settings, which it is over PGP, but because it was tested to break up to 500 encrypted emails by sending just a single well-crafted email to the victim. The PGP version is a little more difficult to exploit, as PGP can detect modified plaintext. However, the issue is that some clients will merely give the person a warning and not actually prevent the attack from happening at all, even if PGP detects that something is off. The second method of exploiting e-fail is known as direct exfiltration and it is abusing vulnerabilities in more specific mail clients like Apple Mail, iOS Mail, and Mozilla Thunderbird to directly exfiltrate the plain text content of the emails. The attacker has to create a multi-part email with an HTML body with an image tag that is opened but not closed, a second body is created that contains the encrypted message of the email, and the third part is another HTML body that finally closes the image tag. So the encrypted message is basically wrapped in an image. The attacker sends this email to the victim, who decrypts the email. The email client sees an image tag and requests an image from the URL, which contains the plaintext email that is then sent to the attacker. So how do you prevent this type of attack from happening? Well, you could always disable active content, but sometimes that's necessary and these days you'd be hard-pressed to find an email without any active content at all. You could also not decrypt the email in the email client and download it first, and then decrypt it, but there is a chance emails could also be edited to contain malware, which can then create even more problems. Today, e-fail is not a great concern, as most email clients have come out with security patches for the bug, but it created a frenzy within not just corporations, but privacy-focused individuals who accused the creators of PGP of working with the CIA to provide a secret backdoor into emails. And no, the CIA did not implant a vulnerability into PGP. Every software contains vulnerabilities. It doesn't matter if it's open source, it doesn't matter who it's created by, it's just going to happen. Some people also misinterpreted recommendations from the Electronic Frontier Foundation to mean stop encrypting emails, never use PGP again, when the recommendation was really temporarily switch to a secure communications channel or take some actions to securely implement PGP until the situation is under control. 
There were no known major data breaches that I could personally find attributed to the e-fail bug, and this is likely for a couple of reasons. The first being that you need access to the encrypted emails themselves to even perform the attack, which means you need to have compromised an email account or email server. The second reason being that this exploit would be used for smaller scale data breaches or invasions of privacy. After all, I very much hope that not many people are emailing entire databases to each other encrypted or not. Although, it's definitely possible. Since attackers don't really know what they'd be getting when attacking the emails, it's likely they ended up getting information that isn't worth much, or would just be plain difficult to sell. A big thanks to efail.de, the register, and DigiCert for information regarding this vulnerability and mitigations. And of course, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime. And until next time, stay secure.